I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I am so happy that you're joining me on today's Internet Church Service. We're going to begin today in the book of Colossians chapter 1, and we will take a look at verse 18. We will start here by receiving the tithes and offerings. The Bible says in verse 18, and he is the head of the body. This is referring to Jesus. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So Jesus is the head of the body. I find it fascinating that the cosmetic makeup industry really is a multi-billion dollar industry because we spend a lot of attention on our face and on our on our head you know whether it's shampooing our hair putting conditioner in there and then combing it you know a lot of ladies use makeup we also use toothpaste try to get the teeth white get a toothpaste whitener this or that or the other but really it comes down to the fact that we as humans know that the preeminent feature that we have, it's not our toes or our elbows. It's our head. It's, it's our face and so forth. And it says he is the head of the body. And it says that in all things, he may have the preeminence. So the preeminence, it's a word that we don't use very often in our English language. It's a very beautiful word, but it means to put in first place. So when we prepare ourselves to go out in public, what we normally do is we take care of the most important thing first, which is what? It's our head. We want our head. <laughs> it's kind of funny, isn't it? We want our heads to look nice. Praise God. And that's good wisdom and good common sense to do that, especially if you're going to a job interview. Praise God. But my friends, I believe that Jesus deserves the preeminence and that we really should put him first. And that's what tithing really comes down to. It's not just the act of tithing where we give God 10% of our income, 10% of the money that comes into our hand. We give him 10 and he blesses the 90. Uh, it's, it's the act, but it's also the the process of the act of putting God first. It's saying, God, we are going to tithe, and not only are we going to tithe, but because you are preeminent, we are going to honor you first with our money, all money that comes into our possession. We're going to make you preeminent in our finances. That's very important to do that. And so you say, Lord, I'm going to give you the tithe first before I pay any bill. No matter how pressing that bill may be, I am going to honor the Lord, and I am going to bring the tithe first into God's storehouse. And you know what? The Lord really does take notice of people that acknowledge his preeminence. Praise the Lord. By the way, that's why Paul wrote this epistle, this letter to the church in Colossae, because they were beginning to drift from Christ as the preeminent Savior and Messiah. So he really said it straight, very clearly, laid it all out, that Jesus is the head of the church. So we take care of the head first, and then everything else, it's much easier to get ready. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, tithe and put the Lord first, and watch what he will do in your finances when he really is preeminent in your life. Having said that, let us now receive the holy tithes and offerings and bring them into the storehouse of God. 
so that the work of God may flourish and there may be provision in the house of the Lord. That's preeminence. That's putting God first and his work. Praise the Lord. Now, if you would like to mail in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28117. If you would like to go online and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, safe and secure, you can do so. Please visit our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a convenient link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And you can go there right now and bring them into the storehouse of God. Father, I pray for your precious people as they love to display to you that you really are preeminent in their hearts and in their outward actions, even the action of tithing and financial honoring you with the substance that we have. Now, Father, bless your people that as they take care of the head first, they'll notice that you take such good care of the body, and we are the body of Christ. Father, we praise you. It's a joy to tithe and to honor you and to sow seed. We praise you in Jesus' great name. And all together as a church family and friends from around the world, we all say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, before we jump into today's message, by the way, if you want to turn there, it's found in Genesis chapter 41. We'll jump over there in just a moment. Before we jump into today's message, let me make another note of our upcoming Israel tour. Me and uh, my dear wife, Kelly, we would love for you to join us. It is going to be a very exceptional tour. The dates, one more time, are October 29th through November the 8th, 2017. The all-inclusive price flying out of New York 3649. And if you need to connect from another city because you don't live in New York, that's very easy for the tour company to arrange that for you. If you want to go, it's time to get signed up and to get registered. The phone number 1-800-929-4684. Again, 1-800-929-4684 and select option two and they'll get you all squared away and we will have a wonderful time together. So get registered, my friends. And get ready to go to Israel with us. It is going to be glorious. Uh, on a second note, as we're on our way to Genesis 41, let me also say that the television ministry, by the grace of God, is moving forward. So we thank God for the media platform of the Internet, which is what you see me ministering to you from today, from the Internet streaming platform. Praise God. And my friends, we also are endeavoring to move in the television. God is helping us to do that. But of course, God works through the people. He work, There's the head and the head makes decisions. And when those decisions are made, the body responds. Okay. So Christ is the head and we are the body of Christ. So in order to do what God has called us to do, I need you to do what you can do by the gifting and the grace of God. So on top of your tithe, if you're able to sow something special towards the television ministry, now would be a 
uh, just an ideal time to do that because we can take it and go directly into production of recording shows for television. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? I've shared before also about the tremendous door that's been open to us to really take these programs before the nations of the world. But I need your help. Would you please pray about partnering with me in this work so that together, Together, we can, go, we can go through this door and together share in the eternal rewards that will come out of it. Wow, you'll be so happy you did this one day when you get to heaven. You'll be so happy that you were a part of this work because we're going to see people saved. We're going to see people's lives changed and touched by the power of the Word of God and the precious Holy Spirit. We're going to lift up the cross of Christ all around the world and as Christ is lifted up, people will always come and respond to him. Praise the Lord. So thank you. Thank you so much for your giving. It really means a lot to me and Kelly as we are at this place believing God. And I am so thankful. All of us here at the ministry staff and offices, we are so thankful that we have such wonderful online church members and ministry partners. And we really do pray for you on a regular basis. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I just want to add a little note to that because when I say that we pray for you, I mean that uh, every uh, every uh, period where we have all the giving compiled together, we have different sessions where the giving is uh, acknowledged in the sense that I, I review it. Now, the, the administrative team that's involved in the office work, we are handling this very wisely, very skillfully according to the top-notch accounting procedures. And at the same time, I want to know every single person that is donating, contributing, and giving to this ministry, whether it's a tithe, whether it's an offering, whatever it is. And it is printed out to me, and I take it. And I pray over every single person on that list. If you've given a million dollars to this ministry, I know who you are. Praise the Lord. By the way, I'm believing God for my first million dollar donation to the ministry. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm just going to call you in by faith and say it's going to happen. Hallelujah. I am a prophetic person. I like to prophesy my future. Praise the Lord. But whether it's a million dollars, watch this, or whether it's a nickel, I know your name. I know who you are. It's presented to me. I read over it. I pray over it, and I'm praying for you. And, it, you know, it takes me a while to do that, and I thank God for that. But, my friends, I want you to know we really do pray for you, and we really do thank God for you here at this ministry. Okay, now today, let's go to Genesis 41 and talk about, in the Word of God, what could be called the storehouse principle. Wow, so fascinating. We see one of the best examples in Genesis 41 in the life of Joseph. And we can look at the example that he presented, the solution that he presented to the nation of Egypt that really through the wisdom of God operating in Joseph, you know, it really turned Egypt into, within a, uh, a few years, it turned it into a powerhouse, what you would call a superpower nation. And much of that we can trace back to the wise decisions and the counsel of God flowing to the man in the Bible that we know as Joseph. So we're in Genesis 41. Let's go down to verse 28 and start there. And Heavenly Father, we ask that as we study the storehouse principle, 
that this be something that we take and apply to our lives today. We thank you for your grace and your strength to do this by your spirit. We thank you for this fascinating journey of walking with you in Jesus name. Amen. Verse 28. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. Verse 32, and the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice, because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Verse 34, let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. Now verse 36, then that food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. God never wants you to perish, be defeated, or go under. He always has a solution, but you must be willing to operate with him. Hallelujah. He knows how to get you out. He knows how to deliver you and take care of you regardless of what's going on around you. And by the way, you know, when you look at economic cycles, you realize they, they're cycles, just like the weather changes. And you can have seasons where, you know, it's winter and it's snowing and 12 feet under snow. And then you have summer and it's 90 degrees and all the flowers are out and everybody's sweating and hot. Well, it's the same way in the economic cycles of not just our nation, but also even globally now, because so many of our economies are tied together. What happens in America can affect the world. What happens around the world can affect us over here. So you have to understand that there are seasons and cycles. There will always be ups and downs in the economic market. So when you walk with the Lord, he will establish you so that you are buffered from that and you don't feel the heat when others are about to melt or some actually do melt. Praise the Lord. So here we see the wisdom of God. Verse 34, let Pharaoh do this. And let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. Well, one-fifth would be 20%. And so during the seven years of tremendous harvest, Joseph is saying, let's grab 20%. Take it out and set it aside as a reserve. And you know what? Pharaoh was so impressed. He's like, wow. He, th this is incredible. And all of his administrative staff also agreed and said, you know what? Hey, th there's nobody else wiser than this guy in this area. So Pharaoh bas basically said, look, I'm putting you in charge over everything. Only besides the throne, which I rule and reign, will you be under me. Everything else, you're completely over. And then right out of the prison, right before Pharaoh. This this is all unfolding so quickly, and then right to work. Right to work. It's amazing. Verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. He's doing that because he wants a good understanding of uh, how the agricultural system is operating in the land of Egypt. He had some knowledge, but this is not his specialty. Okay, he, he's been a prisoner for 13 years, and he's just getting out. So he, <laughs> excuse me. So he's thrust into this position. He has to learn it really, really quick, and he does. 
And so they began to set this principle up of harvesting and reaping and putting aside 20%. And they began to store so much because the harvest was so incredible that it said that the harvest was innumerable. It could not even be measured. I don't know. Maybe they ran out of zeros and they just couldn't count into numbers of bushels that it just got so much. It was absolutely amazing. My friends, it was because Joseph established a storehouse principle, a reserve that the land of Egypt was was saved while all the other countries around it were feeling the crushing, devastating effects of the famine. Now, what if our government leaders decided to do the same thing? What if all the Democrats and the Republicans got together and said, you know, we are the most prosperous nation on the face of the earth. Yes, we do have a debt problem, but you know what? Let's begin to save and let's just always put money aside. Let's not spend money we don't have. And as we do have prosperity, let's take 20% of that and put it aside. My goodness, I tell you what, America could join the list of out of the whole world with, uh, I, I can't remember exactly how many nations there are. I think maybe there's like 212 official nations. America could join the ranks of only five that are debt-free. Right now, there are only five nations on the face of the earth that are debt-free, but it could happen to America if the wisdom of God is implemented in this nation as well. One of the greatest things to do would be, would be to have a national storehouse treasury. Praise the Lord. Now, very interesting. You may not be in a place of such tremendous plenty where everything is just generating so much that it's easy for you to pull out 20%. But here's the thing. You can pull out something regardless of where you are at, and that's very, very important. And, you know, we mentioned earlier that these economic cycles where you can have prosperity and then you can have recession – it's, it's cyclical, and it's also something that's going to be constant up and down changes. But even with your own personal financial picture, you have your normal everyday life. And in many ways, it's steady because we need a steady routine. We, we function well and things like that. But you also know that you have those special moments where you get called into the office, and it's a good call into the office. You're getting a bonus. You know, there was a company down in Houston last year. They finished the year out. They did really well, and they called the entire uh, staff together, all the employees, and every single employee in this Houston oil company got a bonus of $100,000. How about that? You know, that's more than some people probably make in a year. Even for some of the ones that work there, the bonus was, you know, in some ways larger than what their entire annual salary was. So... I'm saying you can have normal, 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 and boom, something big hits you, whether it's a large bonus or just a really neat surprise. Something happened. You found out, hey, you got an inheritance. That uncle, he actually had some money, and he passed away, and he left you $20,000, or maybe he left you more. The thing is... The thing is, my friends, in these moments of excess, in these moments of plenty, then you need you need to take out 20%. Sometimes in some situations, it's possible to even take out more and do what with it, Pastor Stephen? Put it in reserve. Put it into a storehouse. Mm, 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 mm. 
Lord, we give you praise. You will have those good surprises that happen to you along with your daily, weekly functioning of good stewardship. But when those special moments happen, especially, and you can take out more, you need to really do that and be a good steward, be disciplined, and take it out and put it in a storehouse, and you will find out something very, very special that God will do for you. And and we're going to jump into it deeper in just a moment. So really, there are two things that you should do in order. Every single time that money comes into your hands, okay, whether it's your paycheck or whether you get the big inheritance that you weren't even, or, or, or maybe you were aware of it, maybe you weren't, or something happens to you, you get a big bonus. Here's the thing. Anytime money, financial assets, come into your hands, you need to do two things in this order. Number one thing you need to do, and it also relates to storehouse, the number one thing you need to do is you need to tithe. That needs to be first before anything else. Why? Because the Lord said in Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, he said, bring all the tithe into what? into the storehouse, into his storehouse. Look, if you'll put the Lord's storehouse first, wow, I'm telling you what, when it comes time for your storehouse, God will touch it in the most amazing way. But the first thing you always need to do with any money that you earn or that you receive is you need to tithe off of it. And tithe is a word that basically means 10%. Give 10% to God, put it into his storehouse. This church, this ministry is a storehouse. We are a repository of spiritual teaching. We are administers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this serves for many people as a spiritual storehouse. So yes, you can bring the tithe into the storehouse. Praise the Lord. I know there's others that, that have home churches. And so they, they put their tithe into that storehouse, which is totally fine. And at the same time, because they love this ministry as well, they like to send an offering and that's good. But the, the number one thing you must always do with all money that you receive. Number one, tithe. Bring 10% immediately into the storehouse of the Lord. And number two, you're probably thinking, Pastor Stephen, what is the second thing? What should I do second? This is what you must always do. And if you haven't done this, today can be a new beginning for you because what I'm going to share with you is something I received by revelation from another pastor, a great man of God who was teaching on this subject, and it really is, it's revolutionary. And I don't use that word lightly. What I'm about to share with you, the second thing that you should always do with your money, uh, before you do anything else, of course, that's after number one, which is tithe. The second thing that you should always do with your money, it's revolutionary. I really believe that if you do it, it has the power to do something very, very remarkable in your life. Before I name it, let me just show it to you. Deuteronomy chapter 28. You know, I taught this message about three years ago, and those of you that heard it then and responded to it, I'm sure you're very happy today. I'm sure you're enjoying the fruitful results. But for others, I thought, you know, there's been others who've never heard it, so I need to share it. Because the more prosperous you are, the larger will be your tithe, and the more generous you can be with the sowing of seed, and the work of God is able to be expanded and increased, and that makes the Lord happy, and it makes me very happy as well, because we're able to do more for the Lord. Well, we are now in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's go to a very unusual verse, verse 8. 
And take a look at verse 8 very carefully. It says, The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, and in all to which you set your hand. Let's stop there just for a moment. The Lord will command the blessing. Now, this is a very rare instance in the Bible where the Word of God actually describes a commanded blessing, where God's basically saying, if you do this, I will command, I, I, this, is, this is very, very powerful language, I will command a blessing on you in your storehouses. Okay, so the second thing that you need to always do anytime money, financial assets are received into your hand is you need to put some into a storehouse. Pastor Stephen, what is a storehouse? That's, that's a good question. A storehouse is a place of savings. Now, I know, I know immediately some Christians are going to say, hey, Pastor Stephen, I've already got a savings account. But here's the thing. What we're talking about today, if you catch the revelation of it, You've got to catch it by a revelation of the power of how God will touch this thing. If you catch the revelation of it and you begin to walk in faith with the understanding that God will touch this thing, this is way beyond just some kind of like little savings. Okay, now this is something that is really, in essence, supernaturally empowered by God. Praise the Lord. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. So what is a storehouse? Well, let's begin with the lowest level, perhaps in America, of what a storehouse could be in the sense of a savings. I've got one over here. I mean, after all, we have to do something with this stuff, don't we? Uh, This is a bunch of quarters and pennies and coins and, uh, you know, it's just change. You know, you, you don't want to throw your loose change out on the ground. I mean, if you've got change, right, it does have value, not really by itself, but corporately as you begin to pile it up and add it all up. You know what? You can you can uh, fill up your change jar. Look, I mean, look, even a child, even a child can open up a storehouse and learn and learn storehouse principles. And who knows if they learn as a child, maybe one day, maybe one day they will be the next Joseph. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise today. But see, you put your coins in here. This is this is basic baby principles, but eventually it gets filled up. When it gets filled up, what do you do? Well, you take it and you cash it out. You know, a lot of the grocery stores, they've got these machines. You just pour it all into the machine. It gives you a receipt. You walk right over to the cashier, and they give you cash for all of those coins. So that's easy. Hey, guess what? You've got some cash now. You put your cash into a storehouse. By the way, don't make fun of the coins. Sam Walton, a multi-billionaire who was the founder of Walmart, was a stickler for picking pennies up off the ground. Here's a man, a multi-billionaire, walking around, and all of the associates would say if he saw a penny on the ground, he would pick it up. And even if it was in an out-of-the-way place, he'd pick it up, put it in his pocket, not say anything, keep right on walking. Why? He understood storehouse. He understood that if we have some money saved over here and we have a storehouse, then when we have opportunities for expansion and growth, we have something of a reserve we can tap into and take advantage of this golden opportunity that awaits us over here. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. So save your pennies. Praise the Lord. 
Save your pennies, your nickels, your quarters. Save your dollars. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, by the way, speaking about Joseph, there, you know, if you kind of follow the prophetic uh, circles in, in the sense that prophecies that people make about, you know, what's coming, what what's God doing in the church, you've probably heard uh, prophecies about Joseph. God's going to raise up Joseph. In other words, God's going to raise up financial deliverers. God's going to raise up people walking in a Joseph anointing who will have wisdom and good stewardship to bring blessing into the body of Christ, because a lot of the body of Christ struggles financially. Well, I believe that, but you have to understand, and I just want to throw a little of the word in here along with these good prophecies. You have to understand that if anybody is going to walk in a Joseph anointing, you're going to be walking in an enlightened understanding of the storehouse principle. Because if you want to do the works of Abraham, you must emulate the actions of Abraham. If you want to walk in the works and the manifestations of Joseph, then you must emulate the practices of Joseph. Joseph understood, put money in reserve, put money in savings. So anybody really that wants to walk in an anointing, of a financial deliverer, where you are empowered to be a blessing, even to be a blessing to many, many people, then you're not going to be able to skip getting that Joseph anointing without personally, in your own personal life, having established a storehouse, preferably even storehouses, because it's plural. In verse 8, it says, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. So it's plural. Okay, so let's talk further. Notice it is a commanded blessing. So it's a commanded blessing on you. See, the blessing comes on you. Well, Pastor Stephen, I wonder why it's coming on me. So you can put it in your storehouse. God will not put it in your storehouse for you. And I'll share something else. God will not even open up a storehouse for you. He expects you to do that. Really stop and think about it from this perspective. How can God command a blessing on it if you don't even have it? right? We can't get the cart before the horse. It won't work. You need to open up a storehouse. I, even if it's a place to put your pennies and your loose change and your quarters and your nickels, open up a storehouse. It's amazing how many times I filled that jar up. Why? It's just, it's a storehouse principle. I'll fill it up and then take it, cash it out, take that cash, put it into a storehouse where there can be a reserve. But my friends, you have to open up a storehouse. You have to give God something to work with. Now, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. So that blessing comes on you. You respond to scripture and you see how the, the plenty is, is manifest in your life. And what you do is you take some out and you put it over here into your storehouse and you don't touch it. You take it out and you put it over there and you just let it sit there. Praise God. Now, I think I need to cover this. Because I, I know what some people are thinking. Now, there are some who are thinking, great, I can do this. There's others. You're sitting there and you're saying to me, Pastor Stephen, you don't know who you're talking to from the perspective that I can barely pay my bills. I hardly have anything left over. I don't have any money to take out and put in the savings. If that's you, I want to ask you, just between you and me, I want to ask you a heart-to-heart question. Remember, nobody can see us. This, this is just you and me. If you are in a position of survival mode 
and you never have any money to put into a storehouse, have you ever asked yourself, why am I in this position? I would like to just, between you and me, I'd like to present something to you. Until you start taking something out, even if it's 50 cents, until you start doing something and putting it into a storehouse, your situation will not change. Praise the Lord. I I want you to ponder on that for a moment by the grace of God and the love and the mercy of God, knowing that if you'll engage this with the revelation of it, and you'll engage it in faith, and just take some out, and you may say, you know, I don't really have the flexibility to do this, but I'm going to take it out by faith, and I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pay for that bill, and I'm not quite sure if I take this out how I'm going to cover my food budget, but it's the right thing to do, and I've got to start right where I'm at. See, now do you see the revelation of it? Because many people, they'll say this. They'll say, as soon as I get the plenty, as soon as I get the extra, I'll take it out. Guess what happens? A year goes by, nothing's changed. Five years go by, their financial situation hasn't changed, and they're still thinking, when I get into plenty, then I'll start taking it out. You must obey the Word of God now. Praise the Lord. Every time money finances come into your possession number one tithe number two take some out and put it into the storehouse you may be able to only take out a little because that's the season you're in that's okay take a little out even if it's ten dollars put that ten dollars in there some of you can do more some of you you may be in a place where you're you're in plenty and really in some ways you're hitting the ball out of the park every single paycheck you get okay so you can take out more maybe you can take out 20 that's wonderful okay praise the lord but the fact of the of the matter is to fly with this principle you need to do it every time every single time money comes into your hands take something out put it into your storehouse the lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses but if you don't have storehouses it would be fruitless for the lord to do that because there's there's no way to go there's no way for it to go guess what you're going to do you're going to spend it you're going to spend it when it should have gone into a saving so when the lord sees that you have established storehouses that's when that commanded blessing will initiate and kick in in your life and you will begin to experience really the supernatural uh, manifestation of this. It is incredible how it works, but you'll never know until you engage it. So I want to encourage you to engage it right where you're at. If you're living on a shoestring, put two pennies in there, put a nickel, put something in there though. You must put something in there so that God can, can bless it and touch that storehouse. If you'll do it, you'll be shocked. I'm telling you, you will you'll be shocked at how if you put something in there, you just always somehow get some more. Wow, I didn't expect that. Oh, let me take some more. And it's just it just keeps somehow coming. That is the supernatural nature of it, because this is a God principle initiated by God in heaven himself. Praise the Lord. So I believe for many of you, you're starting to catch the revelation of it. You know, years back, I was ministering in a certain country, and the audience that I was speaking to, they did not speak English. They spoke, most of them spoke Tamil. And maybe this was like seven years ago, maybe six. I was teaching 
Deuteronomy 28.8 about the storehouse principle. And my translator, he's hearing it in English. He understands that. And then he translates in Tamil. So he's getting it twice. And after the message was complete, we sat down, but he had, he had more questions. He said, Pastor Stephen, he said, I've never heard this in my life before, this teaching about the storehouse principle. He said, my wife and I, we don't have any savings. He said, I work. Uh, he said, I usually work 90 hours a week. This was not a lazy guy. This was just a guy that for whatever reason, never uh, had what we would call times of plenty. And if he did have a little time of plenty, it all get eaten up because he had never saved anything. So he said, he said, I really want to, I really want to do this. I said, all right, start with what you have. And he said, well, I, I don't, I don't even have the ability to take anything out. It's every, every penny is accounted for. I said, I understand that, but you've got, you're going to have to do something by faith. If you see the revelation of this by faith, you must take something, even if it's a dollar even if it's a, if it's a dollar okay so he did and he set it up he began to put it into an envelope and he has a special storehouse envelope this is a savings so so for the first time in his life he and his wife have have a reserve and so i left i came back a year a year later and he said i want to talk with you about the storehouse teaching that you shared i said yes he said pastor stephen he said my wife and i were amazed at how God commanded a blessing on our tiny little storehouse, and it just began to grow, and it began to grow, and before we knew it, we had we had quite a savings in there. But he said, he said, Pastor Stephen, I'm so sad. I said, why? He said, oh, we had a family medical emergency, and I had to reach into that storehouse to take care of these emergency medical needs and it wiped out the whole storehouse and he said i'm just i'm just sad in essence he was almost like saying it didn't work and so he was discouraged i said brother i said let me ask you a question what would have happened with this medical emergency that struck your family what would have happened to you and your family if you did not have that storehouse and when I said that, his eyes got about that big, and he goes, oh, my goodness, Pastor Stephen, I see it. He said, it would have been a disaster. We could have been left homeless, literally. Well, Pastor Stephen, he probably would have got somebody to bail him out. How can other people that are broke and impoverished, how can they bail you out? They, they can't, okay? So if you're in an area of economic difficulty, uh, you know, every area has wealthy people, but what if the wealthy people are not able to help? What if they don't want to help? What if they are so burdened in other areas, they are, how can we say, tapped out? Well, what are you going to do? Well, thank goodness he had that storehouse, and he said, yes. Pastor Stephen, I see it. If we had not have had that, it would have been a calamity in our family. So guess what? They got through a very difficult uh, ordeal without any sweat, really. Oh, yes, it was, it was, it was difficult because there was a, uh, a severe illness. But nevertheless, they got through it. And so, but if they hadn't had that, it could have been a tremendous disaster. So he, I, I, I told him, get right back into the storehouse principle again. Take out a little and put it over here. Anytime you get money, take out a little, begin to put it back into a storehouse, build a new one back up again. And so, my friends, I'm telling you, it will work. And I think what's really neat is there are times when you just don't need it. Just let it, uh, you know, there have been times I thought, 
I really needed to do something. Maybe I should reach into the storehouse, but I decided not to do it because what I wanted, I didn't, you know, I just thought, well, I can wait. I don't really need it. And somebody by the generosity of Christ turned around and purchased that very thing for me without even them knowing that I wanted that and they would acquire it for the ministry and we never had to touch the storehouse. I'm telling you when you when you are willing to put it in reserve and not touch it that's when you'll see God continue to cause a steady stream to keep coming in for it and some of these other things that you thought you needed he'll just take care of it for you so you don't even have to spend to get that and you're even able to put more into the storehouse. You know, I was at the ministry facility of a friend that is absolutely beautiful. I'm talking way over a million dollars, maybe even closer to two million dollars. And I said, hey, I said, how did you get this absolutely beautiful building? I mean, this this is a world-class building. This is a building that any major corporation would feel honored to have. He said, Stephen, we in the ministry just saved we saved for a rainy day, and we had a rainy day. We had a lot of, well, I, I won't say it like that. He didn't say we had a lot of money. We just had a good storehouse, okay, strong storehouse, and we had an opportunity to come to buy this building for a much lower price than it could ever have been bought before, and because we had a storehouse, guess what? We could capitalize on it, and we bought it when it was priced lower than it ever could have been priced at any other time in the history. Remember, there are economic um, upheavals at times, and prices drop. That's when you that's when you move. That's when the blessing of the storehouse can really be powerful because now when everybody else is frozen, now when everybody else can't operate, you can move and get sometimes things for literally pennies on the dollar. Praise God. All right. So the storehouse principle is very effective when you take time to meditate on Deuteronomy 28:8 and the word meditate also implies to mutter, to speak out softly. In other words, you just read the verse to yourself. Yes, Lord, you're commanding the blessing on me in my storehouses. Lord, I believe that. Yes, I like that. So you're you're muttering the scripture. You're meditating on the scripture. And I think that when you have a focus, even a laser focus for the purpose and the goal of the storehouse, it works even better. In other words, this is not just maybe like a general bland savings that's not exciting. This is an exciting storehouse. You can have storehouses and you can have a couple, maybe even one special one that you're just like, hey, we're going to get this one. Praise God. And I'm going to I'm going to keep uh, sending something into that storehouse because the day will come. I'll be able to walk in and pay cash for that thing that I desire. Praise God. So it empowers you and it also creates an element of dignity in your life. You know, our trust will always be in the Lord. And at the same time, as we operate in his principles, there is a wonderful feeling that just comes from knowing that you have a savings, that you're not living your life on the edge or on the cliff, or should you have a hiccup, everything falls apart. You just you just feel good because you're walking in the wisdom of God. Praise the Lord. So when we corrupt cooperate with the Holy Spirit in building up our storehouses, we exercise discipline to not buy things or make purchases that we really don't need. I think the number one thing, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm just going from a general kind of like, you know, 
American, let's, let's call it an American perspective. I think the number one thing that people buy that they don't need, that they end up never using, that just sits in a closet or sits in a room or sits in a garage, the number one thing that people buy and absolutely waste their money on is probably exercise equipment. <laughs> Somebody shouted, amen. I can hear you out there on the Internet world. And, and you know, people, they, they see these programs. And they're like, I'm going to buy that, and I'm, I'm going to get the, uh, I'm going to get that ab machine and I'm going to get in shape or whatever it might be. I'm going to get that home gym and you buy it and you set it up and you use it for a few weeks. And now that thing has been sitting there for years and years. Look, that was money that if you were disciplined, you could have said, no, you know, I'm not going to buy it unless I buy it maybe at a garage sale. Maybe somebody's got one. They don't want it anymore. But you know what? I'm just going to wait. I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to take that money, and instead, I'm going to exercise discipline and personal self-control and restraint, and I'm going to put that money over here into the storehouse. Would your life be different today if maybe somebody taught this message to you 15 or 20 years ago? And you, you caught the revelation of it, and you had been practicing it ever since. Yes, I believe it would have been dramatically d- different. But you know what? My friends, previous experiences, previous living is now, is now past. It's now gone. But your future and your now, your now and your future are here. You know, before I sat down in this chair, I believe that the Holy Spirit gave me a word for you. This would be for those that are desiring to buy their own home. Maybe uh, you're leasing, maybe you're renting, maybe you live in an apartment, whatever the case might be. You have a dream in your heart. It's a God dream where you would like to have your own home. But in your mind, you think, you know, it's impossible. You, You think to yourself, it's impossible. I can never pull together a down payment. And, you know, most lenders today, when it comes to a down payment, they want they want 20 percent. So when it comes to. You know, having six uh, sixty thousand dollars, eighty thousand dollars, excuse me, a hundred thousand dollars, whatever it might be, you just you see that giant number and you just think, oh, it's it's how how can I ever get there? What I'm telling you right now from the Word of God, Deuteronomy twenty eight verse eight, is the way to get there. And I believe that the Holy Spirit impressed very clearly upon me that if you will start a storehouse called Home Down Payment that within five years, you will have enough down payment money gathered. Don't ask me to explain how it's going to happen. Don't ask me to explain how it could add up so quickly over five years that you would be able to do it. But I just know that this is a supernatural verse backed and endorsed by God himself. But if you will start and open right now your own uh, home purchase, home down payment storehouse, and just always put something into it, Always put something into it. The Holy Spirit impressed me to tell you that this is a word for those that it's bearing witness to, that within five years, you will have enough to go buy a home. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. That is the power of the storehouse principle. Some of you, you need to write that and just write it down today's date. Watch. Within five years, you'll see that the word of God is true. But you do it every time. Every time money comes into your possession, tithe. Put God first. Let the Lord know that in your heart, he is preeminent. And number two, use biblical principles of living. Always put something into your storehouse. Even if times are tough, put something in there. Always keep movement. Why? It keeps the principle working. And as long as you do that, it'll keep coming. It's amazing. It'll just keep coming in the most amazing ways. Praise God today. 
Lord, we thank you for that. So, again, I think there are a lot of purchases that we have made in the past. And, of course, the past is behind us. But we want to be wiser. We want to be more Christ-pleasing. So I think, I think that we need to be prayerful and let the cross of Christ always be in our heart. You know, if you sit there and you watch these cable networks or these satellite networks, and they are the 24-hour shopping networks, and you sit there because you're bored watching a shopping network, you may have no intention to buy, but if you watch long enough, you're going to be pulling out that credit card, and you're going to be buying that bed comforter set, or you're going to be buying that new uh, kitchen cutlery set, or you're going to be buying these new pillows, or these, I mean, on and on and goes, whether it's jewelries or, or knives, or I mean, everything under the sun is sold, but my friends, that's all money that you could have taken and put into reserve in your storehouse. Make those good decisions. Praise the Lord. It is interesting from an American perspective. I, I don't know about those that live in other countries. I think it's a little bit different. But it is, Amer- it is, it is interesting. A little bit funny from the American perspective that as Americans, we have the traditional home with the two-car garage. We are the only country on the face of the earth that has these nice garages, and most Americans do not park their cars in the garage. Why, Pastor Stephen? Because our garages are full of stuff that we don't use. So we have garages that are designed for cars, but we don't park our cars in the garages because all the stuff we have. What do we do? We buy more stuff and shove more stuff in there. Why? Because we just like to spend. We don't like to save. We just like to go out and get things, and we just fill up stuff. And then if that runs out, we've got to go get a rental facility and shove more stuff into a rental facility. That's all wealth squandered that could instead have been placed into the storehouse. So many of those things, you never would have missed them if you never would have had it. You w- Many of those things, they just sit there. You never touch them. You never use them. You don't even have an interest in them anymore. My friends, it is time to operate in the storehouse principle and watch God do something very special in which he actually promises to command a blessing on you in your storehouses. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for it. Did you notice that a few months back uh, last year that um, AT&T, the telecommunications company, purchased Time Warner for $85 billion, not million. They purchased Time Warner for $85 billion. You may think, how does a company, a corporation, how can they come in and buy another company for $85 billion? Because the $85 billion and a whole lot more was sitting over there in their storehouse. And they saw an opportunity. They saw the potential to increase wealth and generate wealth. And because they have operated by storehouse principle, they're able to do that. Amazon, the online retailer, just bought the Whole Foods grocery store for $13.4 billion. Well, Pastor Stephen, how did Amazon do that? Oh, they just reached into their storehouse. They've got billions and billions of dollars in their storehouse, and they saw a little gem over there of a really good grocery store, and they said, we want that. We can, we can use that in our repertoire to increase sales. 
although I don't think I personally have any plans to order any uh, groceries over the Internet, but that's for them to decide. And so they bought a company for $13 billion. How did they do that? Storehouses. See, it, the principle will work for anybody, but it especially works for God's people because you have a covenant with God. You are a son. You are a daughter of God, and God can especially pour it on with you with a commanded blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So if you spend all that you have in the present, you could miss golden opportunities that are waiting for you in your future. Okay, I want to say that one more time. If you spend all that you have in the present, you could miss golden opportunities that are waiting for you in the future. And some of these aren't just golden opportunities. They are divine opportunities that you're supposed to be re- able to respond to. So in able to be responding to it, you must be prepared for it. Lord, we give you praise and glory. You'll notice in the Bible that Ezra and Nehemiah built storehouses, that David built a phenomenal storehouse for Solomon so that when Solomon built the temple, all the goods and supplies were already pulled together. They're waiting in storehouses. All he has to do is implement it, build it. I mean, David, it said that he, David had stored up so much bronze that it couldn't even be numbered. I mean, you talking about a storehouse and David knew that he couldn't build it, but he said, although I can't build it, I'm going to make sure that all the supplies are stored and ready for my son who will build it. King Hezekiah He had incredible, oh, you want to read some wild storehouses? That guy had not just a storehouse. He had storehouses loaded with incredible precious things, gold and silver and gems, precious stones. And he had corn and oil and wine and and wheat and barley. He had storehouses that were incredible. You can see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, verse 27. Praise the Lord. My friends, it's very important for the growth of the kingdom, for the well-being of God's work to go forward. It's very important that you engage in tithing and in the storehouse principle. You know, I first learned about the storehouse principle through a great pastor who taught this. I never had heard anybody teach it. And this man said that he saw Deuteronomy 28, 8 in the Bible, and he thought, wow, that looks really unique, that God would even command the blessing. And he said, well, I I don't have a storehouse. I probably should open one up, and he did. And it took him a while to save up till he had enough money to get $1,000. And he saved, he and his wife saved and saved. And, you know, as they're saving, uh, they didn't know where to hide the money at. But the pastor said, you know, I remember my mother, she always hid the money in the refrigerator because in some ways it's kind of like a safe. If there's a fire or refrigerators, you know, they come out pretty good. So he said, I remember my mother hiding cash in the refrigerator. So when me and my wife were saving, he said, he said, we would just take the money and we would, we would, the cash and we'd put it in the vegetable drawer but he said after a while the 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 cash began to smell like uh, celery and you know other types of vegetables so we would put it in a plastic bag and put it back in the the refrigerator but he said you know when we got to a thousand dollars we thought it's probably not a very good idea to be uh, having this much cash so he took it to the bank 
And it was there at the bank that the teller said, wow, this is some funny smelling money. It smells like vegetables. But nevertheless, they had saved up their first $1,000. Praise be to the Lord. And by operating on Deuteronomy 20. Eight, eight, and the storehouse principle. By operating in the wisdom of that principle, God took that man from saving up to a point where he finally reached a thousand dollars. God took him from a thousand dollars to six million dollars in his storehouse. My friends, this works. And I tell you what, step in it today. That's what's great about the Word of God. Anytime you receive light, revelation, understanding, implement it immediately in two your life. Father, we really do thank you for your word that it gives us principles for success. I pray, Father, for everybody watching that you help them to establish storehouses. Even if it's two, it's plural. They can at least have two. Father, some may want to have more, but we thank you that. I I thank you, Father, that every person in the sound of my voice establish at least two storehouses and let them experience the power of your word in the sense where you are commanding that blessing on them. And Father, let them walk in that discipline where they they take that command, that blessing, and they put some, as much as they can, into the storehouse. Now, Father, we do give you praise. We thank you for eternal principles, which you decreed and established for our well-being and our good, to shield us and protect us and buffet us from the topsy-turvy economic world that's out there. We praise you in Jesus' name, and around the world we all say, Amen. Praise God forever. My friends, let's now receive Holy Communion and celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ and the wonderful truths that are found in His Word. I want to take you to uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Just join me just for a moment in verse 1. While you're doing that, grab some grape juice grab some unleavened bread. We need to celebrate the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. Praise God. We always want to stay connected with the Lord's death, because it's through His death that we experience His life. Don't ever drift and get away from the cross of Calvary. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And before we read, Father, we pray over the juice and the bread. We bless it. We sanctify it. It is now set apart. And we thank you. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. We thank you that with our natural eyes, we see a communion wafer and we see grape juice. But we know in, in our hearts that this is now the flesh and the blood of Christ. And we believe that by faith because it is your word. Now, Father, we thank you. Now, let's go to chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. Uh, by the way, if anybody could come with, excellently, uh, with excellence of speech and intellectual philosophical wisdom, it was Paul. He, look, by the time he was 21 years old, he already had what would be the equivalent of two doctorates of divinity. He was brilliant. He was super highly educated. He had wealthy uh, parents. He was raised and taught by the world's leading teachers. So he could have come on that format, but he didn't. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
my friends, God, God wants you to have an incredible storehouse. He wants, he wants to bless it. I mean, he wants to put his hand on it and bless it. And while you allow your life to be beautiful, while you allow your life to be divinely ordered, while you structure things the way that God has indicated you should do with your life, my friends, make sure that there's a cross in that storehouse. Make sure there's a cross in your life. Don't ever drift from the cross of Christ. Don't get so into your storehouse that this becomes something that you're covetous about, that this is something that's like an idol. Don't let that happen. Always keep your eyes fixed on Christ at Calvary. That is the core of the gospel message. If you do that, God has no problems. He, he just makes him so happy to abundantly flush your storehouse with provision. But as he does that, you stay there at the foot of the cross. Because my friends, it's the greatest thing in the life is to identify with Christ's death. It is the greatest thing in life to stay identified with his death. And in order to do that, that means we also die daily and take up our cross on a daily basis. Praise God. So we enjoy all the blessings of God, but we all recognize that because Christ is our center of attention and Christ crucified, that really these external things, they're wonderful blessings, but it's like icing on the cake. The core blessing is your relationship, your walk with Jesus, identified with him through his death, and that we died with him through identification in the mind of God. Father, we thank you for the flesh of Jesus, that you withhold no good thing from us. You bless us with so many things. We're so thankful for it, Father. We give you praise. But above all, Father, we thank you for Jesus and the cross that he was willing to endure for us. And as Paul the Apostle said, that when Christ died, in your mind and in your eyes, we died with him. So we stay in that place of the crucified life. We yield our lives to you. We yield our finances to you. We yield our bodies to you. We yield our minds to you. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ. Oh God, we give you praise. We give you glory. Father, cover all of our efforts, all of our activities, all of our plans with the holy, sacred blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you for Christ. We receive his body now, and we identify with his death now that his death is our death as well. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Glory to God. God's going to do things in your storehouse that are going to stun you. It's going to come flowing in, flowing in. And you think this is going to be great. Then he's going to hit, hit, hit you with a huge one. And you're going to be like, whoa, that was, that was awesome. What do you do? Always do two things with your money immediately. One, tithe. Two, put some in the storehouse. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. You're going to supply storehouses supernaturally. You're going to fill them up. Hallelujah. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. That although as blessed as we are, we still, Lord, keep our focus on Christ and Christ crucified. Hallelujah. The core of the message. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for health and healing in our bodies 
for sound minds. We thank you for our love for the lost, a love for our brethren, a love for the church. Oh God, use us, flow through us. May our lives be fully yielded to you that you might be glorified. Now we thank you for this as an ongoing daily walk. We give you praise. We receive the noble and pure and sinless blood of Christ now. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, let's drink together. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Get those storehouses set up. Go set them up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for Jesus. All of this is possible because of Jesus. A blessed life is possible because of his death. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we love your son, Jesus, the head of the church. We bow our knees to him and give him all praise, honor, and glory. Father, we thank you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Father, bless your people. Let it be an extraordinary week of blessing for them. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.